Light Tribe. Thank you so much for joining me for another episode of Talking Each Other Home. I am your host, Danny, and today I have joining us Adrian Jezik. And I'm so excited about this episode because not only is it packed with tons of amazing information, um, but cold plunging is something that I think that we've heard a lot about over the last a uh, couple of years, really. It's kind of with the Wim Hof method coming out and you see a lot of people really get into um, cold therapy, hot therapy, even contrast therapy. I was so excited to dive in with her and find all, find out all about the benefits for our mind, body, and spirit. I even got to find out about her healing journey through cold plunging and healing her autoimmune. And now she's, she's formulated her own ice bath that people can get into and she sells and ships worldwide. And she also certifies people to become cold plunge therapy guides. So Adrian is the founder, co-founder of the Morosco Forge method. And she has her own podcast, which is called the Morosco method. Um, and she is also a master DCE guide. So DCE stands for deliberate cold exposure. And this is a little different than the Wim Hof method. So if you want to think a little bit about yin and yang, uh, the Wim Hof method would be yang. It's very like high energy, lots of breathing, lots of like kind of this, this high energy thing where Adrian's method is more intentional, more deliberate, more yin. It's kind of the peaceful, stoic, graceful way to approach the ice. And so we go into all of that in this episode. We also talk tons about the benefits for your mind, your body, and your spirit. She goes into logistics as well, into the difference between uh, a cold shower, a cold bath, natural exposure, like out in, in a pond or a lake, um, how to prepare yourself, how she prepares herself. And this episode is literally chocked full of like expert and experiential advice. So I am so excited to bring this to you. And I'm so excited to bring this to my conscious champions, because like I said, in a couple of days, we get to experience this with her and experience a little bit of her methods. And she also certifies people. And as soon as I can either get to one of her things in person or her online course is being released, which is probably only a weeks away, uh, I can't wait to jump in because after hearing about her healing journey and about how much this has helped her practitioners and all the people that she's known in her and her own life and all the benefits of this kind of stuff. I can't wait to be a part of this and to help other people and myself on our own journeys to a better, more whole, healthy, happy way of living. So get ready, everybody. This podcast is amazing and one of my favorites and full of amazing, exciting knowledge. But before we go on, just a quick word from our sponsors, which is Conscious Champion, my business and baby. So I just wanted to give you guys a little update because some really cool things have been emerging from Conscious Champion. So you know about the original flagship course, which was for competitive physique athletes to bring in a strong, healthy mindset and a spiritual connection. And that is still going on. But right now we are in the midst of the mastermind, which is called the evolution. And this is for anybody and everybody who wants to tap into self-discovery and manifestation. And so in the mastermind, I have three amazing coaches joining us, one specifically for the body, one for the, the mindset and one for the spirit. Um, and so 
It's a five month long course and we are in month two right now. And it has been pretty transformative already. And so I can't wait to see how this ends up, but it's, it's been so cool to see the evolution of this creation to go from bodybuilding and physique athletes to any athlete, to any person, anybody who is curious about awakening and evolution and self-discovery. And now you guys, now I am getting the chance to work with kids. Like I, right now I'm, I'm behind the scenes working with little dance athletes, um, on their mindsets and on their spiritual connections. And let me just tell you the little athletes deal with some of the same things that the adult athletes deal with, like comparison, like self-doubt, like negative self-talk. Um, and so this has been just something that I am really open to receiving and open to see how it just transforms. But I think conscious champion is turning into a school, not just for athletes, but for anybody. And it's also starting to welcome in retreats. And so I just, I just co-hosted my first retreat in Sedona with Natalie Newhart, and it was an amazing experience. And I am so excited to announce that this summer, in June or July, I will be hosting my first very own retreat for conscious champions. And it's going to be an amazing time with all of these little things that I'm picking up along the way about cold plunging and a static dance and mindset stuff and spirit stuff and adventure stuff. This is going to be, this is our, I mean, we're only in month three of 2022. And this has been one of the most exciting years of alignment to speak of. Yes. So anyway, that's it from our sponsors, my baby and conscious champion. And if you have any questions, if you want to be a part of the OG flagship course, if you have kids right now that are in competition and they're really hard on themselves and they get frustrated and they're comparing themselves and they don't know how to deal with the pressures of competition, please let me know. I am open for one-on-one calls right now as the course is being built. And if you're curious about the retreats or being in the mastermind with us, also, please let me know. Like, this is so exciting, you guys. Okay. Anyway, that's it. Let me know. Contact me. And now for an uninterrupted podcast with me and Adrian, get excited, get comfy and let the good vibes flow. I'll see you on the next one. Peace. Adrian, welcome. Thank you so much for having me, Danny. It is an honor to know you and call you a friend. And I am thrilled to be here with you today. Oh gosh, me too, me too. And um, so I just want to say too, I'm so excited for our cold plunge, our virtual cold plunge with my conscious champion mastermind. I I've never done one, so I'm going to save my first voyage for you and to be walked through it with you. So we'll get into that in a little bit, but I think that there's a lot of people in my group who haven't done one either. So I think that us talking about all of the things to do with cold plunging will kind of excite them for the ice bath that's to come. Um, cause it'll give it like a little bit more of a, a higher goal so we can get through sort of the, little obstacles along the way of thinking that it's going to be so cold and X, Y, and Z. So, um, so I just wanted to start off with that. So everybody get ready, get excited. We're going deep. Uh, okay. So first thing I want to ask, and you told me a little bit about it, but I want to go a little deeper is the name of your comp. Is it company? Okay. So Morosco forge, please give me a little bit more background about this lovely word. I'd love to. So Morosco is, uh, 
Jack Frost or Father Winter in Russian. And the fairy tale goes that once upon a time, there was this old man that lived in the forest with his daughter, and he remarried a woman who had a daughter of her own. And the old man's daughter was named Nadia, and she had a long, beautiful braid, and she was loved by everyone in the village. She was sweet as molasses. And the old woman's daughter was not. She was very rude. People didn't like her. She wasn't very nice. And apparently she had a thin and spindly braid. And somehow the old woman convinced the old man to take his own sweet daughter, Nadia, to the middle of the forest and leave her to freeze to death. And so he did. And as she was sitting in the middle of the forest, freezing cold, near death in the middle of winter, Father Father Winter, or Morotsko, Jack Frost, came upon her and asked her, dear child, are you warm? And she said, yes, dear Morotsko, I am warm enough. And he was so impressed by her stoicism and her grace that he took her into his cottage and made her a princess of the forest and gifted her all of these jewels and riches. The old woman heard of this story and thought, aha, I know what I'll do. I'll recreate this with my own daughter. And so she took her own daughter into the middle of the freezing forest and left her there for Father Winter. And so as Morotsko came upon her and he asked this little girl, dear child, are you warm? She was not nice. And so she mouthed off to Morotsko. And so he froze her to death. The moral of the story being that if you meet the cold with stoicism and grace, it will bestow great gifts upon you. Mm, We also say forge because we forge ourselves through anti-fragility. The same way that you forge metal and you bang it and you fold it and you bend it in order to make it stronger. That's what we do to ourselves. We bend, we fold, we crack, and we become stronger through these experiences. Love it. Oh, and so stoicism, explain that a little bit too, because we're meeting the cold with stoicism. So what is the, that? So stoicism is when, and I'm going to do a loose general definition of what I think it is. Um, Stoicism is when you face things head on and you choose to do so with mindful intention and grace. We can be afraid and still meet things with that mindful purpose and calm, mindful intention. So stoicism is to be able to go forward, do the difficult thing and do it with mindful grace. That's awesome. Okay. I'm so glad I asked. And then the other part of your title, a a master DCE guide. Can you give me a little something on that? Absolutely. So we call, uh, we hyphenate deliberate cold exposure DCE. And when I first began this practice about four and a half years ago, there was only one method for moving through the cold. And that was the Wim Hof method, which many people are familiar with. You practice a hyperactive holotropic hyperventilative breath work. And then when you move through your ice bath, you do it with competition and grit and high energy. And what I discovered at that time in my life, because I did have autoimmune at the time, I was sick. I was overweight. I was in chronic pain was chronically inflamed. Um, the breath work was beneficial for me meeting the cold with that high competitive energy was not 
What I needed to do at that point in my life was meet things with calm surrender. And I was leaning more into away from that challenging energy and into nurturing energy. So more of like Wim Hof would be the yang, I'm the yin. And so as I was standing outside of the ice bath one day, looking at the cold, watching the ice, hearing it clink against the metal, I was sort of frozen in a panic. And I was, you know, still worked up for my breath work and just realizing that this high energy was not meant for this practice for me. And so I began to draw upon my personal experiences and what I'd learned in dialectical behavioral therapy. And that's that when you are in an anxious state, for one thing, it's not real. It's a perceived a perceived feeling of what's going to happen in the future based off events in the past. So what I was doing next to the tub wasn't scary. I wasn't even in the cold yet. And one of the ways we can mitigate our anxiety is to engage our five senses. So find something you can see, smell, hear, taste, touch. And so I was standing outside of the tub and I thought, how am I going to engage my senses now to ground myself in this moment of anxiety so that I can do this hard thing that I know is good for me and is still really difficult. And I did that that day. I was in the sunshine, feeling the sun on my skin. I was listening to the birds and the trees. I had just had a nice warm cup of coffee that was still going to be waiting for me post ice. And I began to engage my senses, calm myself down. And I realized I can do this practice with mindful intention. I put both feet in the water. I sat down, I leaned back and I breathed deep into my belly. Over time, as I was starting to experience these extreme health benefits from the practice, I was telling everyone and I had an opportunity to share this ice bath with people at an event. And so over the course of a weekend, about 30 to 40 people who wanted to try an ice bath, but were also scared, just like I was, I was able to use the way that I guided myself to guide these people through their first experience. So even though my first ice bath was only nine seconds, I was now using this mindful meditative practice and sensory immersion to help first time ice bathers move through 32 to 33 degree water for two minutes or more. Over time, as I continued to guide other people, I began to add other elements of yoga nidra, hypnosis, and breath work in order to develop a practice that not only could I share while guiding others, but then I could teach workshops to certify other guides. So I now have more than 50 certified guides in what I call the Morotsko method across the world. I teach in-person workshops for certification and I'm in the process, thanks to my good friend, Danny, um, of releasing my online certification course for people everywhere. And because I developed this method and I now certify other people to do the same, I am the master deliberate cold exposure guide of the Morotsko method. I am covered in goosebumps, by the way. It just feels so, yeah, it just, um, it just feels so in alignment. And so, uh, you know, it makes a lot of sense too. It's not just like something that you've come up. It actually makes literal sense. And when you were explaining getting into your five sets and taking a deep breath. I felt my whole being just calm right down. And like, as you were talking through it, I was like, oh my God, that's great. 
Yeah. And, you know, adding the other elements like yoga nidra, there's a full body check-in. We start with the feet. We want to recognize how grounded we are to the earth. We want to recognize our breath. We want to notice that our shoulders are relaxed and our arms are loose and we are open to receive because as much as you would think of an ice bath as a challenging practice, which it is, it's a restorative practice. It's a practice that helps you put back in everything we lose throughout a day. So even on my wearable, my whoop strap, it recognizes it as a recovery practice and a restful practice. So this is where I go to put everything back in. That's interesting. Okay. And so when do you do the hypnosis and the yoga nidra when they're in the ice bath? I do. And we begin prior to stepping in. So there's a guided meditation that I will walk you through before ever touching the water. And once you're in, I'm still surrounding you with symbols, sound healing. You've got the special lighting, whether we're indoors or outdoors, I use sensory immersion for scents. So I'll use uh, diffusers or incense. Um, yeah, so it's, it's a full guided meditation prior to stepping in. And while you're in, you're still locked on my eyes, moving through that active, uh, mirror, mirror neurons, um, through the face and moving through this process with me right there, looking you directly in the eye. Now, not everyone has direct access to be in person with me. So I do have online deliberate cold exposure meditations on our Morotsko Forge YouTube channel. You just go to the meditations playlist and they're by minutes or by focus. And I will also be releasing um, some new, more professional meditations here soon as well. So So if I can't be there in person, just press play. Just press play. Oh, and then, so if people are at home, so like with my group, we're going to do a virtual one. Would you Mm -hmm. suggest them having like a diffuser going, having the sound turned up with you so you can go through the meditation, like have as many of the sensory things available that we can? Yes. So the best way to prepare yourself for your practice is to set your space. And I like to create a ceremony around this experience because it is deeply healing. And it's one of those things that when we can create more ceremony and introduce these different scents, as soon as we begin to, you know, for all of our ice baths following our first one, as soon as we begin to set up and we smell those smells and we see those lights, the brain starts to prepare the body for the experience. Mm -hmm. So, so if you've never done an ice bath before and you walk into my spa, or in my backyard where I also have an ice bath, there are certain sensory elements that are going to trigger your brain to say, okay, I know we're going to have an ice bath today. For me, I start talking about it and I'll start to flush and get red because my body's like, Adrian's talking about it. She must be about to take an ice bath. But what we're doing is we're creating a, a physical muscle memory of the experience using all of our senses. So just be careful if you go to a mall and you go to your favorite essential oil shop and you happen to smell the same oil that you use at home, your body's going to be like, oh, wait a minute, is this an ice bath place? (laughs) But we do that intentionally, partly to create ceremony, because ceremony is also part of our healing practice. And making this part of ceremony makes the hard part of it a little bit easier to move through. I agree. And I love um, the idea that like life is a ceremony. So as many things as we can make through our day as like 
in the name of a ceremony is actually really beautiful and such a good way to look at life. And I was talking to one of my mentors and we were talking about fasting and this kind of goes like for me, hand in hand, almost because if you, some people who fast for spiritual reasons or like a ceremony, they have this higher goal and it almost makes the, the physical things um, that our mind goes through and our body goes through with wanting food and I'm hungry and the cravings. If we have this higher goal, like a ceremony for an ice bath, it makes those little things really easy to, to move through and overcome. In fact, that it even gives you a little bit more strength and power when you know you have like ceremony and spirit behind you and you're doing it for a higher goal versus just, oh, I'm getting into an ice bath just to do it. Or I'm fasting just to see if I could do it. It's, it's very surface level. So I love the idea of making this a ceremony and kind of bringing it up a notch so that down here it's easier and actually more exciting to go through. Yes. And the art and practice of meditation and of healing our bodies ought to be ceremonious. We're doing a beautiful thing. We are opening up our mind, our, our mental, um, our mental state, our emotional state and our physical state in this practice to deep healing. And when we move through this, sometimes things come up for us. Sometimes taking an ice bath will put you into a full state of tears and release and surrender. And that can be a beautiful thing. So if we have some sage around us, or if we have our essential oils and our special lighting to create that ceremony space, we feel contained in our space as well. We feel like, okay, this is, this is meant to happen. This is part of the practice. And so it's a little bit of that added self-care on top of the practice itself. Awesome. Love it. Okay. So So I guess this kind of parallels into, I want to go in the benefits of like mind, body, and spirit, because I know they all have their own kind of place in the cold plunge world. So I guess let's first start with the easy one, the body. What are the benefits that the body goes through? Well, how much time do you have? I know, right? (laughs) (laughs) What's what's fantastic um, is It's good for everything. Whatever single thing that you're moving through physically, this is going to help you. So it helps with inflammation, helps reduce inflammation. It helps stimulate metabolism. It jumpstarts your immune system. This is good for depression and anxiety. This is good for metabolic disease, whether that's autoimmune, cancer, diabetes. You can reverse type two diabetes with a deliberate cold exposure practice. Um, it is good for, I'm just thinking physically here. It's good for muscle recovery. It's good for, uh, retraining your brain. Um, oh, this is going more into the emotional regulation. So I'll pause on that for a moment. Um, circulation good for, um, testosterone. So Ooh. both men and women, their testosterone production reduces as we age and we need it. We need it for our virility. We need it for our energy. We need it to regulate as women. We need it to regulate our estrogen production as men. We need it for stamina, uh, not just working out muscle growth, but also for, uh, you know, stamina below the belt. And this is one of those things that you can do to increase your testosterone production naturally. So um, my business partner and our CEO, Dr. Thomas P. Seeger, got into this practice because in his early 50s, he went in for a checkup and the doctor said, you know, I'm seeing some things in the prostate. Uh, I'd like to put you on a synthetic testosterone because we want to increase your testosterone production. And bless Tom. He's like, when it comes to medicine, first of all, I'm going to question you. And second of all, I'm going to find a way to do this naturally in my body 
rather than taking a pill or a shot. And when he began, he had a low testosterone and he has been testing his testosterone every year since this practice began. And now he has the testosterone of basically a 19 year old male. And all of this is in a journal article on our website at marotzgoforge.com under journal, go to the testosterone article, you'll see all of his labs, all of the research that he's done and the ways this has had an impact on his life. Um, And it also helped me because when I first started, I had autoimmune and one of the challenges with autoimmune is you you, you lose your sex drive and your hair starts thinning. And, and this is specifically thyroid autoimmune. So all these different things are happening. My hormones are all out of whack. Everything in my body is struggling. I have no energy. And by producing testosterone, I'm getting all of these things back in droves. My husband has also, he's also a business partner of mine and president of Marotsko Forge, Jason Stoffer. He has also been having his testosterone tested each year and he gets such incredible um, increase year by year that the doctors are like, what are you doing, bud? Do you got some HGH in there? And it's like, no, it's deliberate cold exposure. So one of the greatest things about deliberate cold exposure is the way that it kind of resets our physical body. Mm. And I personally believe that it introduces these outside elements that our bodies need. We need these extreme conditions, heat and cold, both. So that's just the tip of the iceberg of what it can kind of do for you physically. And I know, oh, and, and help with sleep. So if you do struggle from insomnia and you have difficulty sleeping and getting deep rest, Deliberate cold exposure can also help with that practice as well. And I think I said depression, anxiety, but like those are some of the biggest. That's huge. Um, testosterone, type two diabetes, autoimmune. Um, what about yeah, like heart function, circulation, like the toxicity in cells? Does it help you? Like, what does it do with that? Yeah. So it is the one way to get a full workout for your vascular system. So if you think of doing push-ups, if you only ever push up, you're not working the full muscle. You need to push up and down, right? You need to go both directions. So with a deliberate cold exposure practice, you're constricting your vascular system. So think of it like a tube of toothpaste. This is how Dr. Brian Call described it, that like you're, when you get really, really cold and it does have to be super cold water, you're squeezing everything out of your veins. You're flushing all of those toxins. You're pushing everything through the system. And then when you warm up again, the blood comes back in and it expands. So you've got the constriction and you get the contraction. And it's basically like getting that full muscle workout. So when you first start a practice, you can feel a lot of tingling in the hands and the feet because they're the furthest away from our heart. And that's where the heat leaves first. And that can be very uncomfortable. You can also practice that away. So as you continue this practice, you're strengthening your vascular system. So number one, you don't have that discomfort when you're going through the practice. And number two, your circulatory system becomes stronger. One of the reasons this is beneficial. So one of the, one of the um, illnesses that my husband will describe that we're seeing in like old age. So we're talking in the, the later years of life, the last few decades of life. And you'll see this a lot in like nursing homes where like your grandmother's wearing three sweaters and it's 80 degrees, but she's still freezing. And they will develop digital ulceritis where they get ulcers on their digits from poor circulation. 
And sometimes this means amputation, which then contributes to a lot of difficulties in life. They can't dress themselves, they can't feed themselves, and it's incredibly painful. And so by doing moving through this practice and exercising our vascular system, we're hoping to prevent these types of later in life diseases. Also, Part of that is from moving from our whole lives. We have the opportunity to move from climate controlled environment to climate controlled environment. And we don't have to experience any major extremes for longer than a few minutes at a time, whatever it takes you to get from the car to the house or the car to the office, or, you know, from, from one building to the next. And so we need these extremes. Our bodies still think that we should be experiencing extreme cold and extreme heat, and they're designed to do so. So when we're not doing that, we're not getting that workout that our bodies really need for longevity and health. So it's almost like a biological thing that we've adapted ourselves out of. So it's like our bodies are made to go through these extremes. And like you're saying, it resets everything and it brings us back to normal and brings us back to homeostasis. But we have kind of, we have the comforts kind of, of being a human and going from climate control, this to that. And so we almost train ourselves out of what what we've been made to do. Yeah. If all I ever did was sit on a couch and I didn't lift anything heavy, my muscles would atrophy. Um, so another, another practice that I've seen or another disease I've seen reversed by deliberate cold exposure is Raynaud's syndrome. Raynaud's is when you experience cold and everything goes white and numb in your extremities. And it can be incredibly painful. Well, one of the things the doctors will tell you when you have Renaud's is, okay, it hurts when you experience cold, avoid the cold. And the opposite is true. You need to expose yourself to it in order to work out the vascular system. So I know of two people, one of them being Dr. Brian Call, that have reversed Raynaud's syndrome through deliberate cold exposure. So sometimes what we're avoiding because it's so uncomfortable and we don't want to do it is exactly what it is that we need to be doing. That's so, that is so true. Even energetically, like across the board in life, I feel like that's like whatever your big resistance and big fear is, it's kind of like go towards that. So it's interesting that that's parallels here. Okay. So that's, that's a ton of body. So it seems like it, it helps every single system in your body. I've even seen it help with fertility. I've seen it help with endometriosis, PCOS. I've seen it. I've seen it help with so many things. I couldn't list them in one podcast. Wow. And that's just the physical. So let's go to like the mental, emotional. What's what kind of goes on there? So as you're moving through an ice bath, one of the things that you're doing is uh, specifically, so you really Ben Greenfield says that anything below 55, you're activating your cold receptors, that you're getting something done. I like to say that as long as you're uncomfortable, you're doing some of the work, that any amount of cold is a good amount of cold. When you want deep change, I recommend going in below 35 degrees, all the way up to the neck, submerging your hands and your feet, and staying for two full minutes for maximum health benefits. This is going to do a lot of things for you. So at about 30 to 60 seconds in, you get a surge of norepinephrine and dopamine, copious amounts of norepinephrine and dopamine. There, there isn't a pill on the market that's going to do that for you. 
while you're doing this, because this is such an extreme experience, you are smoothing over hardwired neural pathways created by trauma and replacing them with tens of thousands of new neural pathways from a place of meditative calm while producing this norepinephrine and dopamine. So you're essentially changing the way that your brain is wired to respond to stress. One of the greatest examples, so, so intentionally when you get into freezing cold water like this up to the neck, you are more than likely going to experience a state of fight or flight. This can look like a lot of different things. Um, you can hyperventilate and it may feel difficult to take in a full breath, which is why we practice the breath before getting in. That only lasts for 30 to 60 seconds. When that norepinephrine and dopamine come in, it helps calm everything down and make this practice a little bit easier for you. So as we're doing this, we're teaching ourselves how to be mindful and calm through our body's strongest physical response, that fight or flight response. So instead of becoming reactive in our lives, this allows us the power of the pause to then become responsive. And one of the greatest examples I like to use is traffic. So if you're driving in rush hour and somebody cuts you off, my typical standard response would have been, ah, ah, F-bomb this, F-bomb, I can't believe you, you know, reactive, that's reactive. Now, as I'm moving through this practice, when I'm driving in traffic, if someone cuts me off, I might have a quick intake of breath, like a, you know, okay, they didn't hit me. And then it's like, ah, oh, Maybe they're learning to drive or, ooh, I've made that mistake before too. I'm glad nobody got hurt. So you become responsive. You suddenly have this power to take a deep breath. And instead of becoming reactionary, you can, you can pause and respond. So it's teaching re emotional resilience on a physical level. One of the greatest practices that deliberate cold exposure has provided me is emotional resilience. And I say this because uh, I was raised by my father who was untreated bipolar schizophrenic until his mid forties. And so a lot of my behavior, even though I didn't have mental illness, mimicked that of a bipolar schizophrenic person. So I was very reactive. I would instantly fly off the handle. I would react it just on the defense, always just in a constant, I was really in a constant state of fight or flight for the first 30 some odd years of my life. Well, now through this practice, I can recognize an emotion, emotional experience or a physical response to an emotion coming up, pause, take a deep breath, evaluate that motion, emotion, almost from like a third party perspective and say, where does this belong? Where is this coming from? What is it that my body needs right now in order to move through this process? I've got more emotional resilience through this practice than I did more than 10 years of dialectical behavioral therapy. Like this is a concentrate of get your shit together. Hope I can cuss on here, get your shit together. So, and it's, and it's, it's, it's instant. So if I do have one of those states where I am emotionally dysregulated and I'm, ooh, ooh, you know, like you can't move, you can't think, you can't express, you can't communicate sit in the cold. And I've done this. I've actively done this. I remember back in the beginning of my practice, my husband and I were sitting on the patio and I was arguing with him about something. I don't know what, but I was in that emotional state, just sobbing and sitting on the couch, just like, I, 
I can't even express to you what I'm so frustrated about right now, but I'm angry and I'm hurt and I'm all of these things. And in my head, I'm like, just stand up, like just stand up. Because one of the things they say when you're in emotional dysregulation is move. Like if you can move your body, you can typically change the emotion. And sometimes that's the hardest, especially for me. I go into that freeze state. I just, I don't talk. I don't move. I just sob. And I'm in this state and in my head, I'm going, just stand up, just stand up, just stand up just stand up. And all of a sudden it was just stand up and get in the ice. And it was like this firework of electricity burst. And I was like, that's what I have to do. I have to stand up and I have to get in the ice. So I stood up. I walked across the yard, peeling off layers. As I went, I stepped right into the ice bath. I sat down. I was still crying. It lasted, that ice bath lasted a little over four minutes. I got out, grabbed my towel, went over and sat down next to him. And I said, here's the thing. I don't know exactly what I was upset about. I'm not interested in going back to that conversation. Can we just forget it and move on and enjoy the night? You probably could have knocked him over with a feather. He had never heard those words out of my mouth in the entire several years that we've been married. And he was just like, yeah, yeah, he can do that. Yeah. And that's exactly what I did. Never, I had always been a dog with a bone when it came to any emotional dysregulation. All of a sudden, I had this tool that was teaching me that it's okay to let it go, walk away, and not even revisit at times, right? There are times when it's not beneficial for us to keep going back to that emotional experience. And we did, we enjoyed the rest of the evening. And now I knew, like, now I have the hard wired data in my body, in my brain to say, this is the healing. And this is, this is my hard stop reset button because how can you be upset when you've got this surge of norepinephrine and dopamine coming through your body? Mm -hmm. And then when you're doing this as a regular practice, you're retraining your brain, how to produce these things. So think about it. Our phones, our tablets, our devices are all designed to give us these tiny dopamine hits, tiny dopamine hits that really leave us sad and wanting more. We drive down the street, we see McDonald's, Starbucks, Target, all these things, tiny dopamine hits, tiny dopamine hits. And after a while, the brain's just like, tss, 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 and really struggling to fire for true experience. Mm -hmm. So when we're reach, when we're moving through extreme cold like this and retraining our brain, what it's like and what it means to produce true dopamine, true norepinephrine, we're retraining our brain of like what we need on a regular basis. So these, these things even help us post plunge and on the days afterward. I think I, I think I explained that correctly. That's amazing. And so you mentioned earlier too, anxiety and depression, is this yeah. kind of how that helps that too, is getting the norepinephrine and the dopamine circulating yeah. regularly. Um, yeah. So I guess explain anxiety. Cause I know like a lot of people have anxiety and depression and they label themselves as that. And, um, it'd be cool to, to have a way where it doesn't have to be prescription pills to get well, us out of them. And think about it. There's not a prescription bill on the market that's designed to produce dopamine and norepinephrine. So even mm -hmm. when we're taking prescriptions for anxiety and depression, they're not designed to help us retrain the brain on how to, how to make these chemicals that we're seeking. What they're designed to do is numb us and turn things off. They're turning these fear receptors off there that we need. We need anxiety. We need sadness. We need to know what those are in order to alert us to danger. However, 
Anxiety is a fear of the future based on experience of the past and not likely related to anything that's happening in the moment. And so we have this trigger response to fear and that can become an automatic response. It's a behavioral practice that our bodies have been trained in us. We've been through a series of difficult experiences. We've been through a series of extreme trauma. And now all of a sudden, just like me in my first 30 some odd years, your body's on constant alert going, I don't know what's going to happen next. I'm prepared for everything. Everything is an offense. And even my body's physical histamine reaction was behaving that way, where I would smell something and have it have full on hives in my body because everything was an offense emotionally, physically, mentally. So when you're moving through this practice and retraining your brain, you're teaching your brain how to properly produce these chemicals. And you're learning what is real fear. When we're in a state of anxiety, we can say, this is how I feel. I feel anxious. Well, the chemicals produced by anxiety are the same chemicals produced by excitement. So the anxiety is really about the story we tell ourselves. If I'm standing in line for a roller coaster and I'm scared to death, that's the story I'm telling myself. I am so scared right now. I don't know what's going to happen. I am afraid. Or I can say, I am so excited right now. I don't know what's going to happen. I am excited. The chemicals are the same. We are the stories we tell ourselves. So this gives us that power of the pause, the deep chemical dump, and the opportunity to take a step back from our third's eye view in our brains and our bodies to say, what is real right now? What is real is I'm standing on the ground next to an ice bath with the sun shining down on me. What is real is even though I'm afraid to leave my house and open that door and go out into society, nothing's happening. I open the door. I step outside. If I am afraid to be in a room full of people or standing on a stage talking to a lot of people, I can tell myself I am afraid because I might mess up. Or I can tell myself I am excited and I might mess up. Part of anxiety is that fear of failure. That fear of screwing everything up or getting something wrong or being perceived as the weird, odd, strange one. And we can make peace with that. The ice helps us mm. redirect and reframe our stories because we get to see what is real, what is perceived. Now, anxiety is real. That is a valid experience. Depression is real. That is a valid experience. And depression more often is that our brain is just short circuit, short circuit. It doesn't know how to give us what we need to feel good chemically. Well, if you're sitting in an ice bath, you don't have a choice. You're going to get that dump. You're going to get the norepinephrine and dopamine, and it's going to feel good. In the thousands of plunges I've guided, only twice has anyone ever said that they wouldn't do it again. And both of those people had a great experience and felt great for the rest of the day. They just said they checked it off their bucket list and they didn't need to do it again. And so I say, if you take one ice bath your entire life, you will be a changed person. If you take one once a month or once a week or once a day, you're still going to be a changed person each time. Yeah. Uh, amazing. And thank you for your... I love how well you explain everything too, because I think it really speaks to like the science behind this. And like, this isn't just like, 
you know, made up woo woo things. This is like real hard fact science. There's a journal on your website and everything like that. So that's amazing. So I guess, so sticking with the emotional and the mental things, are there anything else that, um, that happened there? Like, I feel like too, after you get out, you probably feel like you just conquered the world. Like there might be a feeling of like, frick. Yeah. Yeah. Like if you've ever hiked a mountain and you're on the top, like you feel like, well, I just climbed a mountain today. I can do anything. Yeah. And the same thing happens with an ice bath. My first ice bath was nine seconds. You guys, I grew up in Florida. I lived in Hawaii. Phoenix summers, when we hit those three digit temperatures, that is my favorite time of year. Four and a half years into this practice, I still prefer the heat. Yeah. <laughs> and taking an ice bath is still a challenge for me every single time. There are no diminishing returns on this practice. It continues to be challenging for me. And I lost my train of thought. What we were talking about, (laughs) remind me what you said, Danny. See, we can make mistakes. Nobody's upset about it. Yeah. Um, What did I say? We were talking about, oh, conquering the mountain, conquering. Yes. Okay. Okay. So, (laughs) so here I am, Florida girl, loving the heat. And I'm at my wits end, 50 pounds overweight, three autoimmune diseases, more than 20 vitamins, prescription pills, and supplements every day, two live antibody shots per month. And I was sick. I was also in chronic pain. I was losing everything in my life. So I was depressed. I was anxious. I would have tried anything. And so when my husband said, let's take an ice bath first, I was like, heck no. And then I was like, well, If he told me to put leeches all over my body and it was going to help, I might've tried it because the pills weren't working. The natural path wasn't working. The functional medicine, none of it was working for me. No, no amount of pills, shots, or anything that I was doing, even in changing my food regimen, nothing was helping. So I was at my wits end when I took my very first ice bath, I hovered over the tub. I put two feet on one side, two hands on the other. I dropped myself into the water. So violent. I don't recommend doing this. Held my breath under the water, leaped out, freaked out, found out that was only nine seconds. And I felt freaking amazing. I felt so empowered. I felt like I just did that nine seconds or not. I don't care. I just did that. And I'm going to do it again. Not today, not today. but someday soon. And sure enough, I did. And the more I did it, the more I realized I needed it. And the more I did it and the more I realized I needed it and the better I felt, I knew that that had to become a regular practice for me. I knew I say we create instant ice addicts because from your very first experience, when you get out and stand in power pose, and you've got that empowerment and all those chemicals flowing through you and your body is alive in ways that like, I can't begin to explain until you do it. That's what keeps you coming back for more. Mm. And so it changes you. And yeah, that is empowering to be able to say that I can sit now, especially calmly in a bath of 32 degrees up to my neck and have a conversation with you, just like we're doing right now. That's empowering. That's some badassery right there. It is some badassery. (laughs) So this is one of the things that it did for for me most because in the throes of my illness, I was a victim. Mm -hmm. I was a victim of chronic illness. I was a victim of chronic pain. I was a victim of my circumstances because when I went to the doctors, they said, you will have this the rest of your life. 
You are now a chronically ill person. Your life is now going to reflect that of a chronically ill person who is in constant pain. This is what your life is like now. Here's your sentence. And here I did. I accepted it. Mm. I identified with it. I had, I no longer identified with the badassery that I already had in me. I no longer identified with everything that I had accomplished up to that point at 32, 34 years old in my life. I no longer identified with being a super cool stepmom and an awesome wife and partner and a Superman friend. I did not identify what I identified as. I owned that label and I wore that label like a badge of honor. I am ill. I am chronically ill. I am sick. I had Hashimoto's thyroiditis. So of course I can't take an ice bath because I have an autoimmune condition that keeps my body from being able to regulate with outside temperature. The ice bath taught me that I am my story. And if I can take an ice bath, what else can I do with my life? I'm like emotional. I'm goosebumped. That's, there's so much there. And I think so many will relate to you in that story. Um, thank you for sharing that. Mm-hmm. And it's important for me to share too. Yeah. In the beginning, I was doing ice baths about once a week, once every other week. And for that first year, we really, uh, first few months, we really tried everything. We tried to make our own ice. We tried to buy ice. We tried the DIY chest freezer route. We tried a lot of things and they didn't have anything on the market for the personal user at that time, which is why Jason and Tom said, well, let's make one. There are a couple of engineers. Tom's also a professor of engineering at ASU. They said, let's figure this out. Uh, and so it was only, it was within like the first six to eight months that Jason and Tom had figured it out and we had access to 24 seven ice bath. And so I began my regular daily, sometimes more than once a day practice early on in under two years, I lost 50 pounds. I reversed all trace of autoimmune in my system. I got off every vitamin, prescription pill, supplement, and live antibody shot that I was taking to be fully medicine-free in less than two years. So November 2017, I took my first ice bath. August of 2019, I was healed. No trace in my system. Full clean labs through this practice. That's huge. My God. Wow. Congratulations, number one. And I'm so proud of you. Thanks. Me too. Beautiful. My God. And it's so crazy. It's like just doing just water, like water, cold water is what healed everything. It wasn't. And like, of course, and I, I really feel like the way that you do it too, like the yin energy versus the yang energy and the, the soft, graceful way in versus the competition kind of like hard, heavy breathing. I wonder if it's also because of the way that you cold plunge that also helped heal you. I mean, I'm sure doing the other way too would be, would also be helpful because water, cold water is cold water, but I feel like there's something in there about the graceful stoic approach to cold therapy that also helped you heal. Yeah. Cause think about it like autoimmune, my body is attacking itself my own body, my own body that is as awesome as Wolverine that is capable of healing itself. Maybe not as fast. We are capable of healing our, I could break a bone and it's going to heal. 
we have that magic inside of us. So mm-hmm. here I am suffering of these diseases that is my own body screaming against myself and all of these symptoms, all of these symptoms, physical symptoms I was experiencing, they are messages. They are my body saying, help me. I need you to pay attention. And I cannot pay attention if I'm, I have to be still. I have to be quiet. I have to surrender to hear what it is my body is trying to tell me. And so through this practice, and I'm moving through, like I said, I spent the first 30 some odd years of my life, fight or flight, challenging energy, get it done. I was raised by a man and I embodied all of that challenging energy. I'm just going to power through everything. Well, guess what? Our bodies aren't meant for that. We need rest. We need breaks. We need pause. And so by developing that practice and embracing the power of pause, embracing still, quiet, silence, recentering into myself, I'm also quiet enough to then listen for what these symptoms are telling me from my body for the first time. Because anytime we experience pain, anytime we experience any type of symptom that's not a normal symptom from our body, it's an opportunity to listen. And in order to listen, we have to first be quiet. I'm so happy. That was going to be one of my questions was, was your life before cold therapy, very, um, yang energy? Like, was it, and like you said, it kind of, it was kind of really challenging kind of in the masculine, just kind of like, do, do, do go, go, go all the time. And I really think that this is like our culture from YouTube and all the people that are like promoting the hustle culture and working 25, seven, it's like, that's kind of what's being promoted right now is like the hustle culture. And I think that that is quick burnout. I think that's stress and that's causing autoimmune. It's like, we're fighting against ourselves and what we actually need. Um, so I, I'm really glad that you mentioned that because there is something really beautiful about bringing in the yin energy to everything we do. And this is something that I am just now kind of really allowing into my life because I was so scared to not work all the time. And, wow. and I was scared. I was almost overgiving from a place of fear. Like, what if it doesn't work? What if they don't show up? What if, what if, so yeah, all of that. It, and so now I'm just now starting to bring in the yin and trust that yin quiet time, peaceful energy. Um, and so I'm, I'm just seeing without having done the cold therapy yet, how, how beneficial just that nurturing energy is to bring into the challenging. And like, we need both, right? Like we need to get shit done, but we also need the quiet time so we can hear ourselves. Um, so thank you for mentioning that because I think there are probably 90% of the people out there who live in the hustle, challenging fight or flight energy. And we can get more done through intention and by doing less than we can by powering through and muscling through. I don't want to half-ass anything. I'd rather whole ass one thing than half-ass 10 things. Mm -hmm. And this is still a challenge for me. This is still, I still have to force myself sometimes and gently be reminded by my husband, like thought you weren't going to work um, Saturday night at seven o'clock on emails that can wait until Monday. You know, I thought, I thought you weren't going to, um, answer phone calls when you're literally in the middle of something that you're doing for yourself, you know? So if we can pause and focus on one thing at a time, which is what we're designed to do and be intentional about that one thing and take breaks, not only as needed, but take breaks before you need them. 
we can get more done through intention, through quality than through quantity. Yes. It's not about how much we can get done. How good can you get that one thing done? And when we operate in that hustle energy and that challenging energy, that is fear-based. Why else would we do it? If I were not afraid, this is one of my favorite things to ask myself. One, what am I afraid of? Two, if I were not afraid, how would I move forward in my business, in my practice, in whatever it is that I'm doing? If I were not afraid of losing that client or of not making that sale or of the bottom line, which is so hard to do, what would you do? How would you behave? How would you move forward if fear wasn't existing in your decision-making process? And if you are afraid, that's an opportunity. What are you afraid of? Why? And a lot of times these go back to our basic needs, food, shelter, like I get it. I get it. But at what cost? Because if I am burning the candle at both ends, what's the point? There's no enjoyment of how hard I'm working. Man, deep lessons from the ice bath. This is cool. You don't think about it, but like in the ice bath, it can be a great place of meditation. If you struggle with meditation and quieting the mind, sitting in the ice, you can sometimes get your most quiet, still moments because you can't do anything else. You have to just focus on the breath and be. Mm, It's like an extreme case of having to like meditate. And we talked about uh, like it changes your neurons. So like neuroplasticity, right? Um, And people get that during psychedelic trips too. So this is almost like a way to get those neuro, the same things you would get maybe during a plant medicine ceremony or during years of meditation, kind of in four minutes or two minutes. I'm glad you brought that up. It is possible to reactivate a message. See, we can make mistakes. It is possible (laughs) to reactivate a medicine journey while in the ice. And if you are using sound healing, Avoid anything tied to the third eye. So I have bowls that I will not use in the ice because they're tied to the note for the third eye. I believe that's the A note, but you can Google it. I've done this accidentally on one person. Thank goodness they were experienced with cold and medicine. And I was using a third eye bowl and they're like, whoa. And they were right back in a journey. And then we had to guide out of it. And now I know, do not use any sound tied to the third eye. (laughs) So it's similar. Those chemicals produced the way the walls and the barriers come down, everything can get a little softer if you allow it to. Whoa. Yeah. It's powerful stuff. So even like during, uh, so I'm now drawing parallels between this and maybe breath work, like the, the conscious connected breathing that we do. Yeah. And have any, has anybody have you ever heard of anybody doing like a micro dose in a cold bath? Yeah. Oh, so we've, so we've tried it all because we didn't want to hear from a customer and be like, Oh, I did this thing, you know? So we've done it on alcohol, on marijuana, on MDMA, on mushrooms, on LSD, on ketamine. 
And what I like to say is that it's better separate. Mm. Treat it as its own medicine. For one, I think when we start to layer, we sometimes miss some of the benefits of potent medicine. And for two, the ice bath is such an extreme medicine. It's such a deep, powerful medicine that it in and of itself is its own journey. And so there is a benefit to going in clear mind, clear body. Love oh, that. it reminds me of another physical thing. It does flush your lymphatic system. So it helps to toxify as well. Okay. Awesome. Every time you take, yeah. Every time you take a two minute ice bath and freezing water up to the neck, you are detoxifying your system. You get a full lymphatic flush, just like you would from like a lymphatic massage or something like that. So you want to make sure and drink a lot of water surrounding your ice baths. That's okay. Cool. That was going to be my follow-up question. Yeah. Um, oh, I was going to say something. Yeah, we've done it all. Well, thank you for uh, saying the difference between and like doing it separate, because I believe that too. It's like, sometimes there are things that um, are their own journey and maybe shouldn't be coupled with another type of medicine or, or another type of journey it might just be overkill. And it might be overshooting the whole benefits of where you are in the moment. So I'm, I'm really glad that you made that distinction there too. Yeah. And, and two, thinking of these, thinking of different medicines, like they can be so strong in and of themselves. So then when you get into the cold, it can sometimes either a feel way too extreme or B you're numbed. You are numb to where you would normally have alerts that say, Hey, it's time for you to get out. And instead, maybe you stay in a little too long because some barriers have been broken and some barriers are, are kind of numbed. So that's why it's important to separate it. Okay, good. Good. You want to have all your faculties when moving through this process. And I do not recommend doing breath work in the ice. So avoid any hyperventilative, holotropic, high energy breath work in the ice. It's okay to do box breathing. It's okay to do four, seven, eight breathing. It's okay to do hold a top, hold at the bottom. I think that's one golden thread. It's, um, it's okay to do calm, slow, intentional breath into the belly. You want to keep it in the belly, not in the chest. Um, but I would avoid any type of high energy holotropic. Definitely don't do any in the ice. It's not good. That you just read my mind. Cause I was like, well, what about breath work? But then I'm thinking about it and these are all their own separate medicine. So it's even like bringing plant medicine into breath work. It's like, well, they're probably better separate too. I mean, I'm sure that you can get your own benefits, but it's even speaking to like the ice is the medicine. There, it's, there's nothing else that needs to be put with it. And like you said, it's healed you over two years. It, what heals medicine heals or whatever. So Cool. And, and maybe this is a good segue into like the spiritual benefits, or maybe we kind of touched on all of that. And I don't know if there are any, but if there are, what are they? Well, I'll tell you what, when you develop this practice, when I developed this practice and I began to understand the messages my body was trying to share with me, recognizing my symptoms as messages from my body, trying to express to me what it needed that's when I really started to go home, finding that center and stillness within myself, finding my own inner validation, finding my own inner peace, peace that I'd never experienced in my life. Like I said, I'd lived my first 30 some odd years in this state of fight or flight. All of a sudden this practice was teaching me to be still. Mm. And instead of being out of my brain, 
on everything else, seeking outside validation, seeking outside comfort, seeking outside anything, I realize that I am source. Everything in me is source. Everything I need is right here. Also, part of my intention with this practice and getting off all of these medications is because I wanted to experience ayahuasca. And I couldn't do that on the prescription medications that I was on. I couldn't do that as a sick person. So my goal was to meet my mother. My goal was to experience the mother medicine. And in order to do that, I needed to go through a process. While going through that process, reigniting that conversation between the brain and the body and realizing that everything I needed is right here. It was merely an introduction to show me where source was, and then I have full access to it always. Every medicine I'm journey, journey I've done since beginning deliberate cold exposure has been enhanced by having this practice, by having this mindful practice and this connection to my body and the messages that it shares with me. Because it doesn't speak like, hey, Adrian, drink a glass of water. It speaks to me like, oh, you're, you keep yawning. You've got tension. It's like, all right, well, what are you trying to tell me if I'm yawning a whole lot and I've got tension, drink water. So it, it is the medicine and through creating this ceremony around it as well, I'm basically opening my portal. I'm opening that door to say, I am here to receive, tell me your messages, show me the way. So sometimes too, when I go through an ice bath, I might have something I'm working on. And so I get to meditate on that before I go in, or I set an intention before I go in that this is what I need right now, or this is the answer I need right now, or this is the thing that I'm struggling with. And so I go into the cold, holding on to that, knowing that I'm going to get some answer and it might not be the answer I want, but it is the answer I need. And so it helps open up, helps open my inner ear to what it is I need to hear from source. I love the way you articulated that. And you even mentioned home. Yeah. My podcast is called talking each other home. I so love it. I'm so happy that you touched on like what home is for you and that the cold actually helps you go there. Mm -hmm. Cause it can be scary. I mean, we can have people in our lives. We can have all the support. We can have food and shelter and all of our basic needs met and still experience this deep fear or deep invalidation or deep insecurity. And all of those things are there to alert us, alert us of opportunities and things that we can sit with in order to move through and understand ourselves better. Like I said, what am I afraid of? Or what am I afraid of happening? Like I get to ask myself these things. And if I'm quiet, I can listen to the answer. And when I become my own validation, when I become my own support, when I become my number one in my life, then when I choose to give and share to others, it's whole, it's pure, it's mm -hmm. full, it's complete. I'm, and, and mind you, I'm not perfect at this. Everything in life is a practice. Nothing is meant to be mastered. I'm not here to master the cold. I'm not here. I'll master the guiding. I'm not here to master the cold. I'm here to practice. I'm here to practice that mind-body conversation. I'm here to practice everything that I'm doing in my life. It's a practice. I'm meant to stumble. I'm meant to fall. I'm meant to fail. 
and that's okay. So good. Um, okay, so good. Now, I have a couple questions about, I guess, logistics or technicality. So if people don't have a cold plunge at home, what's the difference between a cold shower, a cold bath, put ice in it, or going out into nature and finding a cold pond or lake to swim in? Um, Temperature and submersion. So even, even now, cold showers are my least favorite. I would rather sit calmly in 32 degrees than be locally pelted with 70 degrees. So it's not a full submersion. So there's a benefit to full submersion up to the neck. Partly you're stimulating the vagus nerve. So if you are going to do a cold shower, make sure it's hitting the back of your neck. Like go ahead and rotate the body, but really make sure you're getting it on the back of the neck to stimulate the vagus nerve. Um, temperature would be inconsistent as well. So you don't necessarily know how cold your shower is. My shower in Phoenix, Arizona, even in the dead of winter, it's not cold and it's not cold enough to make any metabolic change. So the biggest challenge when developing a deliberate cold exposure practice is access. What is your access? If all you have access to is a cold shower, any amount of cold is a good amount of cold. So get what you can. If you have a bathtub, understand you're going to need one to 200 pounds of ice to get down to those temperatures. I think it's adorable when I see people throw 60 pounds of ice in a tub full of water, I'm like, cool. So you made it room temperature. <laughs> I don't, you know, like it's, it's a challenge to get it down to as cold as it needs to be. So if you are going to fill a bathtub or your own trough or Rubbermaid container or garbage can, I've seen people do that with ice water, make sure you're doing 150 pounds at least of ice. And get that ice in there, add your water, make sure it's just enough to get full submersion. And that is an option for you. Uh, nature plunge can be fantastic. If I'm in Florida and I'm going off the, the coast in the Atlantic from Vero Beach, where I'm from, that's warm water, people. That water is going to be warmer than the cold air, even in the dead of winter. So nature is also going to depend on where are you? And if you're uncomfortable, you're doing the work. So any amount of cold is a good amount of cold. If you're struggling and it's hard, you're still doing some work. And that being said, if you live in Boulder, Colorado, and you've got snow melt in a creek, that could be 27 to 38 degrees. So even 42. So that could be between like 27 because it's flowing, moving water, or like in the mid 40s. Again, if you're uncomfortable, you're doing the work. If you're going to plunge in nature, there are a few things that you absolutely need to keep in mind. Number one, do not go deeper than the waist. You can always sit down in order to submerge. You want to avoid putting yourself in a position where you're out up to the neck, or maybe you can't even touch the bottom and the body slows down to a point that is difficult for you to get back out. So Never go deeper than the waist. Make sure you can sit down in order to submerge so that if you need to, you can ease your body out, even if your body slows down a little bit. If you're plunging in nature, bring a friend. It is a good idea, especially if you're in moving, rushing water. You never know what's going to happen. You might slip, hit your head. Any number of things could happen. I'm not saying this to make you afraid. I'm saying this so that you remember to be cautious. So if you're plunging in nature, 
at least if you're new to the practice, bring a friend. Also, if you're plunging in nature, have a set of warm, dry clothes ready for when you get out. If you plunge in a creek that's anywhere from 27 to 45 or even up to 50 degrees, and you're in there for a few minutes and you get out and there's snow on the ground, there's a risk of afterdrop where your body can physically not warm itself up because there is no warmth to warm you up. And it's still fighting the cold when you get out of the water. So if you have a set of warm, dry clothes to change into, that's step one. Moving your body, slow squats will help bring heat back into the body. So nature plunge, bring a friend, waist deep, set of warm, dry clothes. You can also, some people live in teeny tiny apartments like in New York City or in Miami or in LA, and they don't have a bathtub and they can't access nature and they don't know where to get a plunge and their shower doesn't get cold enough for a cold shower. You can take a large bowl. Fill it with ice as much as you can, add water, then dunk your face three to five times. Try to hold your breath anywhere from five to 15 seconds. Dunk your face three to five times, then dunk your hands three to five times, then dunk your feet three to five times. Start with the face so that you're not putting your face in foot water. I like to end on the feet if I'm going to do that. It will be uncomfortable. It's supposed to be. So those are some options. You can also find a friend that has a yard. Everybody pitching on a, on a tr horse trough. It's like a hundred bucks at a feed store. Then you host gatherings. Make sure you're asking all of your friends to bring at least two bags of ice. Ideally the 20 pound bags, but if they can only bring 10 pound bags, get eight or 10 friends. Make sure everybody's bringing their bags of ice. You all make your ice bath together sit in a circle, set your intentions, help each other through the practice, play one of my meditations if you need some instruction. And then you've got everyone contributing to create this ice bath. So it doesn't make it easier for a daily practice, more likely as a weekly practice, there is a way to get cold. If you want to find a way to get cold, you will find a way to get cold. So those are just some of the options that you can do if you're getting started. So good. Thank you for that. And now I, I thought I was just going to like dump the oh, ice. Oh, go ahead. And on our website, moronscoforge.com, you can go to the find a forge page. New commercial facilities are popping up all the time. And as soon as we get a forge in a commercial facility, we add them to that map. And who knows, maybe there's one near you. Okay. Well, that's good. I'm actually going to check that out because for our cold plunge that we're doing virtually with you, I thought that like dumping out all the ice in my freezer into the bathtub would be enough, but it's not. So I'm going to have to go get a couple bags of ice. I mean, I don't know about 150 pounds, but yeah. So like 10 bags of ice, maybe at more. least minimum hundred pounds, minimum. If it's a whole bathtub, minimum hundred pounds. Okay. Well, that's good to know. Okay. Yeah. Perfect. Um, and let's see what else. Well, we said we went over fight or flight a little bit. Uh, what about hot therapy? I love it. You love, love it? it so much. Okay. <laughs> the heat is my jam. Um, here's what I say about hot therapy and contrast. No matter what you start on, I like to end on cold. I want my body to end on cold because there's a certain amount of work and the cold shock proteins do a certain thing to the body 
And Dr. Andrew Huberman of Huberman Labs explains this very well. And he is a doctor and he's a professor of neuroscience. So he knows his stuff. So if you want to hear about like the sciencey stuff behind cold shock proteins and heat shock proteins and why it's beneficial to end on cold, definitely go to his website, check out his Instagram, listen to his podcast. He's going to talk all about it. Um, so I like to always end on cold. If I'm new to the practice or if I'm guiding someone new to the practice, I will start them in the cold with the promise of heat as like a reward. So it's going to take people a lot longer to sweat in a sauna post ice bath than if they start in a sauna. And in between, you do not want to rely on the sauna to heat you up post cold and you don't want to rely on the ice bath to cool you off post heat. You want your body to do the work. So when you get out of the ice bath, give yourself two to three, maybe even up to five minutes to regulate before stepping into the sauna. When you get out of the sauna, give yourself two to three, maybe even up to five minutes to regulate before going into the cold. There is a benefit to making our bodies cool ourselves off and warm ourselves up even if we had an autoimmune condition that says that that's not possible. So we're retraining our brains. We're retraining our bodies to do the things that they're meant to do naturally. If you're doing a series and you're going back and forth, back and forth, whether that's in a sauna or a hot tub or however you're doing it, make sure you're drinking lots of water. It's important to be drinking lots of water at least 24 hours prior to having this experience so that you're good and well hydrated, not just chugging it right before the session. And it's a good idea to continue that increased water intake post practice. It's also okay to add a little sprinkle of Himalayan salt and a dash of lemon to your water to help increase your electrolytes naturally. If you're like me, you're someone who doesn't do well on any type of electrolytes, even when they don't have nasty preservatives, they always make me nauseous. I can't explain it. So I just add a little bit of Himalayan salt to my water, a squeeze of lemon, and it sets, puts some of that back in because when you're sweating a lot and when you're going cold back and forth, back and forth, you are depleting the body. You are detoxifying your system. So you want to make sure you're putting some of that good stuff back. Another thing to remember, and this is whether you contrast just ice or just sauna, you might be able to, it's not bad to eat beforehand. People are like, is it okay if I eat first? It's certainly fine. I will tell you it's a lot more satisfying to eat after. But try it for yourself because like Anna does it and she's like, I always prefer to eat first and I don't like to eat after. Cool. Find what works for you and understand that what works for you today might be different tomorrow, next week or next month. So try not to compare your own practice even to yourself. Comparison's the thief of joy. We don't do well to compare ourselves even to ourselves. Mm -hmm. So take a minute, have that conversation with your body, find out what you need that day and try to avoid 365 day in a row or like eight day in a row or like 30 day in a row challenges that don't give you any room to listen to your, what your body needs or join the challenge and be okay. If you don't completely move through it. Yeah. I just covered a lot of things there too. That's good. Yeah. That's so good. I feel like people are going to be so well-equipped and so excited for their first cold plunge. Um, and I guess, so when I've heard about contrast therapy before, 
I've heard people say, well, does your body go into shock? But maybe you answer that in like the self-regulation in the middle. So not going from one to the other. Um, it, is there anybody who like, shouldn't do it? Are there, are there any risks involved? There are contraindications. So anyone with a pacemaker, I just say, it's not a good idea. I'm not familiar with the technology around pacemakers. What I do know is that you don't want to shock your system. So, um, if you've got a pacemaker consult with your doctor before developing any type of hot or cold practice, I have heard that it's not good for women who are pregnant. Now, my experience is the opposite. My experience is that what's good for mom is good for the baby. So I just say, move gingerly, move slowly, trust your body. It's also okay to step in and step out. How do you feel? Sit with that for a minute. Step, step in, sit all the way down, then stand up and get out. Make it a less than five second experience because when we're in Phoenix and it is three digit temperatures and you are eight months pregnant, the last thing you want is three digit temperatures. And so it may make you feel amazing to be able to just get in and get out or just put your feet in or just put your hands in. I will tell you, it's easier to do a whole body than a localized body part. So athletes, anyone who did ice in college or in high school where you had to ice your ankle or ice your shoulder and it was so excruciating, understand it's going to be easier on your body because of the way it changes the brain to do a full body submersion than it is to focus on a localized body part. And I do work with professional athletes that can attest to this, that it is easier to do a full body submersion than a localized body part. And speaking of athletes, how does this relate to cryotherapy? I've done that before when I was competing. Um, so how does the, you know, how does it relate to that? Cryotherapy is cool. <laughs> um, it's air or it's nitrous, you know, but right. it's air. So it's going to affect the surface of the skin. It's going to wake you up. It's going to make you alert. It's going to do those things. It doesn't penetrate. Whereas when you're in cold water, that penetrates, that penetrates deep below the surface of our skin. It stimulates all of our vital, vital, um, body mechanisms. It's like cold concentrate. So cold air is cute. It's surface. It'll make you feel good for a little bit. I'm usually sweating by the time I put my clothes back on. It, it doesn't impress me at all. Plus you're, you're usually covering the most important parts. They make you wear mittens. They make you wear booties. They make you wear earmuffs. They make you wear your hat. They make you rub in a robe. So for the most part, I've got this much exposed on my arm, same amount exposed on my leg and maybe my face. So what I like about cold water is that it penetrates deeply. And we have an article about that on our website as well. Cryo versus water, cryo, cryo chamber versus cold water and the difference of what it's doing for you. Oh, good. Thank you. Um, and the last, I guess I just want to wrap it up and talk a little bit about your certification course and talk about what you do and why is it good to have somebody certified guide you through a cold plunge? Well, for one, you're going into a state of fight or flight and that's extreme. No matter how you look at it, that is extreme. Yeah. And when we have someone there who is trained on how to respond to that, how to hold space for that, how to help you through that process, 
you get to lean in further, have more trust, less fear, knowing that you're held in this sacred space by someone who is professionally trained. Also, and especially when it comes to group experiences, you never know what someone's fight or flight is going to look like. You do not know. You cannot predict it. And when you're trained, you have experience. You're taught on how to respond to each fight, flight, freeze, or fawn. You're taught how to help people even in their most extreme responses. One, some of the things that I teach in this course are contraindications. We go into a lot deeper with that. Um, We talk about your own self-care practice, how to show up as a guide, as a facilitator, and how to care for yourself so that when you're showing up, you're showing up to the table full. Uh, We talk about best practices, when to do it, why to do it, how often to do it, what your goals are, and how to achieve them. We talk about, I teach you the exact guided meditation. So I am teaching you why we use the words we use, how we speak the words that we speak, and the importance of the way we activate the mirror neurons when doing a guided session. I'm also teaching you the benefits of aromatherapy, light therapy, sound and vibration healing, and how to use all of that in conjunction. If you think about it, Typically as a guide or a facilitator, you may be a person standing there and you may have a tool that you're using, whether that's a sound bowl or whether that's a smudge stick, or maybe that's a piece of equipment. When you're guiding someone in an ice bath through a fight or flight response, you're paying attention to the time. You've got your sound bowl. You've created your environment. You're locking eyes and you're guiding through this session. So there's a lot more that you're responsible for and that you're holding space for. And I teach you how to do that as a practice. Also in my certified course, I teach you how to add this on as the modality that you offer to your existing business or how to start with this being your your sole business and how to help grow your business, how to get it started, how to help it grow, and the best practices for that as well. Once you become one of my certified guides, you also have one year of one hour long monthly DC e-guide calls where all of my certified guides get together and talk about their experiences. One of the things I learned through this practice is that I was going through it. Nobody understood what I was going through as a guide. As someone who is intentionally putting people into this state of extreme fight or flight using cold water. And so some of the experiences that come up, we learn from each other. I continue to learn from my guides and their experiences, and then they can also come to me for help and for advice. You also have access to our private um, group on my mighty networks. So if you are a certified guide, You can shoot over a question or answers and get real-time response for whatever it is that you're moving through with your clients or your practice. As a certified guide, you also have access to become a find a guide on our find a guide page, which is in its process of being built. So people will be able to search you from our website. We have a massive audience, a lot of really great supporters who also have massive audiences. And so we help to promote you and what you're doing and help people get access to you in their area and your area. So the support is extensive for getting you started in this practice. Um, Right now, I do offer in-person workshops. 
I am in the process of scheduling one for Boca Raton, Florida, as well as Houston, Texas, and LA in California, dates to be determined. And just as soon as I have the online course released, I will be shouting that from the rooftops. So that's where we're at. Uh, okay. Amazing. And before I get into where can people find you and find all your information, do you have any recommendations for cold plunges, like to, to purchase one or what you've had the best experience with or where to start if somebody doesn't want to do the bath or the freezer trick? So I own an electric ice bath company called Marotsko Forge, and we make and sell electric ice baths for deliberate cold exposure practice. Here's some of the rad things about Marotsko Forge. We make ice. Nobody else does. We are handcrafted right here in Phoenix, Arizona. Through the pandemic, we created more than a dozen jobs, and we now employ 37 people local to Phoenix, Arizona. So these are all made by hand with love in our facility right here in Phoenix, Arizona. Our personal use model is backed by a complete two-year warranty cover to cover. Our professional use model, which can also be used for personal use, is backed by a complete five-year warranty cover to cover. They have full micron filtration and ozone disinfection to maintain crystal clear water 24 seven without the use of any harsh chemicals. No chlorine, no aldehyde, no discummers. You can add up to eight pounds of Epsom salts if you wanna add the boost of magnesium to your electric ice bath. Each model comes in three different sizes and you can email me at info at if you would like um, to ask any questions. And if you tell us that you came from Danny, I'll make sure that you get a discount to use towards your purchase as well. Oh, cool. Thank That's awesome. Thank you. And, um, I I'm definitely going to put the links and everything in the description, but how do you spell, can you spell out your website just in case people want to just go right now? Yeah. M O R O Z K O F O R G E.com. If I ever have another business, it's going to have a much shorter and easier to spell name. I promise. <laughs> And it's also going to have a much smaller product for shipping purposes. <laughs> and but you we can ship? ship. We ship all over the world. We have units in Dubai, in New Zealand, in Mexico, in Germany, in Canada. I mean, we're everywhere. I am so excited and I'm going to go right away and check this out because I would love to do this. And I have so many people in my area too, that I would love to have like a little ice bath party and just kind of do that. So I'm very excited about your course. I like, I kind of can't wait to learn about it and just jump in there. And you know, this is, um, I'm so excited and thank you for your energy and for your knowledge. And I love the name of your business though. And because I think about Jack Frost and the whole meaning behind it now, it's like really special and sweet. So, um, Adrian, thank you times a billion. And I can't wait to see you in like eight days with my group. And, um, I'm excited that we're doing this because I'm going to shoot this over to everybody as soon as we're done. So they can get so excited about their first ice exposure. I'm excited too. I'm looking forward to it. Okay. And I can't, please let me know when your online stuff is released because I can't wait to dive in. I will. And if you want to know about all those upcoming workshop dates and when the online course is released, 
you can find us at morotskoforge.com. You can also find us on Instagram at at morotskoforge or follow me personally at Adrian underscore Jezik. You can also email info at morotskoforge.com for more information. And you can hear about other people's experience healing their bodies through deliberate cold exposure on my podcast, The Morotsko Method. And that is released on anywhere that you listen to your podcast, Spotify, Apple, the works. Perfect. Thanks, Danny, for helping me achieve my dreams, which is shouting the healing benefits of the cold from the rooftops. And I appreciate you sharing your platform to help me further that. My honor and pleasure, Adrian. Absolutely. Anytime. I can't wait till we can do this again. Thank you. Thank you. And thank you everybody for watching and for joining me for another episode. I will see you on the next one. Peace.